This is the Amateur Fanboy Podcast with your hosts, Chase Aguirre and Mike Ertaza. On today's podcast, we have the one and only Greg Bergman from ESPN 710 AM LA on the radio, as well as at Greg at Bergman Greg on Twitter and at Lakers Raw and at Dodgers Nation. He's a contributor on both of those sites. So we'll talk to him today, talk about Lakers, Dodgers, and all good things sports. Here's our interview with Greg Bergman. So Dell Demps got fired. Um, that is obviously an interesting um, perspective for how the this trade le- deadline might go this summer. Um, my question for you is, what do you think, do you think, obviously the Celtics may not even include Jason Tatum in a deal that's been rumored here and there, but do you think the Lakers maybe will have a better chance at pursuing a Davis trade now, now maybe that the GM has changed this summer? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's possible. They, the Lakers are going to be involved in this no matter what. It was always if you're the Pelicans, it was always going to be wait till summer. They were never going to make this move, whether it was to the Lakers or to anybody else, until summertime came because you could have every single team involved in the summer with Boston being not being available until July 1st when uh, Kyrie Irving is available. Now, right. obviously, this is a... This is the ownership. This is uh, Gail Benson of the Pelicans basically saying, we don't believe that Dell Demps is the right guy to make this deal. So we have to get rid of him now while we still have time. Get uh, Danny Ferry in as the interim. If we want to keep Danny, then that's who's going to be making the deal. Otherwise, somebody else is going to be put in that place in order to make this deal because they just don't believe in Dell Demps, and uh, which is rightfully so because of what just happened over the Yeah, literally. I mean— I mean, literally, he the Lakers just literally offered basically everything but the kitchen sink, and Dell Demps didn't even bother to pick up the phone for Magic Johnson. Like it was a one-way street in the in the most unfaithful negotiation probably in the history, maybe not the history of the NBA, but we, that we've seen in a long time. I think a lot of that is you know that's that's listening to different sources. You're getting sources from Woj. You're getting stuff from Brad Turner and Tanya Ganguly, and everyone's saying different things. Woj says they're not even picking up the phone. Then Brad Turner says they've had multiple conversations over the last two days so it's really just who what you believe but i think the biggest issue is that Dell dems just isn't isn't the right guy in new orleans because not not because of not because of what he, what happened with them but more so because what happened to lakers how how public everything was how there was right. sources going in and out of everywhere who knew right. where everything was coming from it was just too public when trades usually happen it happens because there, it's it's a, normally a thing that happens like behind closed doors. Nobody knew about Kristaps Porzingis being traded. They just right. knew that he got traded randomly. So th- it was way too public. The and the details came out way too much. And that's not how you want the that either the Pelicans or the Lakers want to run their programs. I was going to say, I think I read uh, a tweet from you a few days ago, um, basically saying like the, the negotiations that get done the most are the ones that you don't hear about. Not right. the ones that come out like that, where everything's on the table, all the all the players mentioned, everything, the whole negotiating tactics, the full nine. Right. Unless it's done, which is what Woj is best at, right? When, when exactly. it's done, he says, this is what the, the deal is. This is what happened. And you're like, okay, Woj bump, done, boom. But when it's right. always people saying like, oh, they're offering this and they're offering that, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Those deals don't usually get 
don't get done. When the Dodgers, for another sport example, got Manny Machado, all of a sudden we're just like, oh, whoa, the Dodgers got Manny Machado. It was just, it just exactly. happened. So that's exactly. how deals normally get done. And that's how they should get done because we, as we don't want to know this stuff, as much as we want to be behind the scenes, it yeah. destroys it. In this world of social media where we it can does. actually see every single thing that's happening, it causes us to be, look what happened. Now you hate Dell Demps and now you think that the Lakers front office is a disaster. And the, exactly. now Gail Benson's coming out. It's just ruining What's happening there? We don't need this much information. It's too much. In the age of social media, we uh, sometimes we just need to, you know, keep a little bit to ourselves at times. Yes. All right. Um, you brought up Manny Machado, and that's actually perfect because that was going to be my next question. I was going to start uh, talk a little Dodgers and a little bit of MLB free agency and MLB news. Um, so Manny Machado and Bryce Harper still have not signed. This this is absolutely mind-boggling. Spring training is beginning, and these two guys have yet to sign with the team. We've heard the Phillies for uh, Harper multiple times. We've now heard the Giants and the Padres. And then we've also heard from a child. We've heard the White Sox. We've even heard that the Yankees have come back, or they came back to the Yankees camp to possibly run a deal through him. Or that's a rumor going around. I don't know if it's going to be true or not. But at the end of the day, what do you think this means for the future of the MLB and possibly what the future CBA might uh, need to look like to get better, uh, to get better going forward? baseball's in a, a ton of trouble right now. It's you have, because analytics are so big, one tiny number, like nor it's, it may sound ridiculous, but one tiny number war, which is a really great number. And I love it, but you get right. two different versions of war on fan graphs and um, baseball reference. And so, but people see on baseball reference specifically, which is what I use um, Bryce Harper had a 3.5 war, which in, reg in terms like Mike Trout is usually way over seven to 10. He's got yeah. these giant numbers. It's and ridiculous. It's ridiculous, right? So because that number is low, you now don't want to give Bryce Harper a giant contract because of some specific numbers. His on-base percentage is huge, but you know his, his batting average is low. He has big, some numbers are big and some numbers are, are small. It's the baseball itself has a giant problem. It's broken. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ten years is too many years for any player. If you Bryce Harper's twenty six years old, you give him ten years. That's through his thirty six year season. Now right. maybe he'll be good, but maybe he gets he gets injured, and you're now on the hook till he's thirty six years old, and that's just too many years. If you're running an organization, <coughs> excuse me, if you're running an organization. You don't want to be on the hook for ten years. So exactly. what's best for him? And it's, it's what's interesting is like the top players in baseball should take a page from the top players in basketball. I know it's different sports and different, but, you know, like LeBron James, Kevin Durant are the top players in basketball. They're taking one and one deals. That means that they're signing a two-year deal with an opt-out after the first year. That's the way to do it in your prime. And I feel like that, that's the way that it's going to start going eventually in baseball because people want to maximize their money and they don't want it. Baseball and every sport is all about the player and where the player wants to do and where they want to go. And when you do these one in one deals, you can go wherever you want. Trevor Bauer is a pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, and he says he's only going to sign one year deals for the rest of his life. It's smart. It's the right way to go at this point, because baseball system is there's no reason that a 26 year old Bryce Harper and a 26 year old. Um, Manny Machado are not signed and we're already pitchers and catchers have already reported 
That's exactly. bananas. J.D. Martinez was one of the best hitters in all of baseball last year, and he wasn't signed until until spring training. That's that's a problem in the game. And it's happened in consecutive years, which is and this one, this time we have multiple free agents, not just one. And J.D. It's like literally you have Kimbrel, you got Keiko, you got Harper, you got Machado, you got a. Uh, um, Oh, who am I missing? Marwin Gonzalez, Carlos, Carlos Gonzalez. There's just, or, uh, there's there's just so many players. guys. There's a hundred players that are unsigned right now, and a lot of them are good players. That's absolutely crazy. It's just um, not right. So, so it isn't. You're correct. Baseball definitely needs to fix itself, which my next question for you, and I think you kind of touched on it with the one and one with uh, Kevin Durant and like the NBA and how they do that. Um, do you think baseball would ever possibly pursue like a hard cap, maybe like a salary cap, you know, something, I mean, obviously the Yankees and Dodgers and teams as such have so much money, but do you think that the NBA or the MLB could take a page of the NBA's book and maybe the NFL's book and set like a salary cap to where, you know, you have to sign players by this certain date. You have, these players are worth a certain amount of money and not much more. I mean, they kind of have that in place already with the luxury tax. This year's right. luxury tax is $206 million. Now, you're seeing teams like the Dodgers not going after bigger names because they want to stay under the salary cap. They'll tell you that that's not what they want to do, but they also, but for the most part, like with Bryce Harper, they don't want to go after him because they don't want to give him so much money. That's going to go over the cap and so many years. It's, it's all happening already. It's just, we're the luxury tax is a pseudo salary cap. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I honestly, the luxury tax is is definitely. Uh, inter- I mean, it it's a little different than than the CBA, but or not the CBA. Sorry, the um, the um, salary cap. But but it also has its own perks to where it also like it um, makes teams like the or Dodgers and the Yankees have to cut it down a bit to be more competitive to make the other teams allow the other teams to be more competitive. Sure, um, but I mean that's just baseball has been running smoothly without all that for hundred years exactly. where they haven't had to do these types of things. So look, I get that they want to keep these little teams competitive, but for the most part, this wasn't a thing when the Florida Marlins went out and bought, and, you know, bought a team and they went to the world series, the Phillies yes. would, would do it. Other teams, the Arizona diamondbacks when back in the early two thousands, they've right. made it to, it's all about getting hot at the right time in the playoffs because it's a total crap shoot there. It's, Winning the offseason in every sport does not mean that you win anything in the regular season. It happens year in and year yeah. out. I don't care what sport it is. NFL, the Redskins win the for for many years. They would win the offseason over and over and over again and end up last or third in their division. It just right. doesn't make that much of a difference. The Red Sox, when they went out and they got Carl Crawford and Adrian Gonzalez and you know Josh Beckett and all those big-time names, they spent a lot of money and were terrible. So they got right. rid of everybody. So it's just as much as they, they feel like all these smaller teams feel like that it's an issue, it's not. I got you. I got you. Um, so let's let's switch back, um, go back to something Laker-related. Um, Luke Walton obviously is probably going to end up being the Lakers coach for the foreseeable – well, maybe not the foreseeable future, but for the rest of this year. And then they may you know make a change going into next season – uh, my question for you is, what do you, th- who do you think that Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka and possibly Jeannie Buss, if she's um, involved in that as well, would be looking into uh, for who might be the next coach? 
I mean, if you listen to Vegas, then it's Jason Kidd or it's um, Mark Jackson or it's and the best name that's out there is Monty Williams could be a guy that does it. I just Luke Walton is going to be the coach at the end of this year through the end of the year. That's already been reported. It's been like that for a very long time. Whether when it gets into the offseason, that's where it starts being crazy because it's you don't know it. Luke Walton, I don't know who's better that's out there maybe monty williams jason kidd isn't the right isn't the right call i don't think that that mark jackson is either so and if you want you need to find somebody that's going to do better than luke walton is doing and i don't think that that guy is out there no i i I, luke walton for his faults he is still one hell of a coach He, he does have questionable rotations at times but the guy at the end of the day like you said there is just isn't a whole lot of names that really jump out at you that say, oh, this guy's going to be the big improvement on what Luke's already doing. Right. I mean, you don't have that. Phil Jackson isn't out there. Greg Popovich isn't coming. Coach K isn't coming. These are all names that you would think, okay, that would make sense. It just, there's not a guy that you are thinking like, yes, that's that's the one right there. He's going to take this team to the next level. And whoever it's going to be, people are throwing out Tyron Lou, and that's not going to happen either because he was, he had heart problems because he was so stressed out with the Cavs not coming back. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think he would want to come back to a very similar situation, possibly even uh, well right now, lately worse situation than he had in Cleveland when at the time. Um, so, and we're going to switch one more time back to the sure. uh, Dodgers. I'm uh, I'm sorry, I keep flip flopping here. That's fine. But uh, but um, Cody Bellinger came out the other day and said, uh, told management, or at least that he's going to tell management that he thinks he should play every day. And then you have um, AJ Pollock, who should now be the everyday center fielder. Uh, with those signings, and then obviously you have uh, Joe Kelly, uh, Russell Martin, and trade. Do you think the Dodgers did enough? Or do you think, obviously, baseball is a crapshoot. We know that anything can happen. You know, the Dodgers could literally have signed no one and brought the same team back and done what they did last year. You know, we never know. But do you think, as far as the holes they may have had for what they traded away, do you think the Dodgers got uh, did enough to, you know, put themselves where they need to be for next year? Would I call it a successful offseason if the, no, because I didn't think that A.J. Pollock and Joe Kelly was enough? Um, do I think that they can make it back into the playoffs and into the World Series again with this team? Absolutely, because Andrew Friedman has shown hundreds of times, or not hundreds of times, but he's shown plenty of times now, back-to-back years, that he will go out and get who they need at the deadline. They're not afraid to spend money at the at the deadline. Go get Manny Machado. Go get you Darvish, who was the prize of the of the trade deadline two years ago. So right. they, they'll go out and they'll get those things. I think, but if you actually look at the Dodgers team. The team that's been to the World Series two years in a row, the team that had had no issues within the starting rotation. When you, I think that most of this is here. You can get away without a second baseman and and platooning between guys like Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez. Right. I think catcher is an issue. JT Real Muto was the guy that I wanted the entire offseason. I was talking about it yes. last year at the trade deadline. I wanted him in the offseason. That would have been a successful offseason to me to not shore up the catcher spot. I think is the biggest issue because everywhere else is fine. I think you have the right guy in the right place and you can play every day. You were talking about Cody Bellinger and wanting to play every day. He can play every day. There might be times where he'll sit once a week or so, but he can right. now play every day. So can AJ Pollock at center. 
Um, you can in your left field, you can switch between a bunch of guys, whether it's Jock Peterson, whether it's Chris Taylor, who made an amazing catch against the Brewers to save the uh, game that, to get to the World yes. Series. That was a gigantic catch. So it was. He, he can play left field. So can Kike Hernandez, who plays everywhere. They have enough guys that can play the other positions and give other guys days off. That's what's so great about this Dodgers team is that they can play so many different positions that you can afford to play. Now you just left Puig. Puig is gone now, so you can play Bellinger in right field every single day. Exactly. And I and I agree. And uh, also, um, one more player I get, I mean, Verdugo could also get some time in left yep. field as well. And like I said, you could also put him in right. You could put him in center. Like the, For the most part, he can play pretty much any outfield position. So it obviously adds to their depth as well. And uh, I'll, I'll get you out of here on this. Um, we t- obviously talked about the Lakers with uh, with um, the Anthony Davis trade that didn't go through. And then you have Luke Walton, who who knows what his situations would be. But with all of that going on, the Lakers obviously still are in the hunt for a playoff spot. Um, the All-Star break is going to be huge towards that. Do you think the Lakers, if if they turn – I mean, I'm not going to say turn the switch on, but if they you know turn it on, do you think this team – and also get Lonzo Ball healthy, will be able to possibly make a playoff spot still. Yeah, absolutely. They have two games. The two teams in front of them that they really have to worry about are the Clippers and the Kings. Uh, you have two games left against the Clippers. You're three games back of, the, of them. You have one game left against the Kings, I think, or you're sorry, you're two. It's somewhere around there, but they're two to three games back of each of those teams. Yes. And you have, and you play them a couple times. So, Yes, they can catch all those teams. They have to go. It looks like they have to go about 17 and 8 to 20 and 5 in order to get to 45 to 48 wins. That's very possible. LeBron has shown year in and year out that after the All-Star break, he's a completely different player. He just yes. comes out. He starts playing harder. He starts willing his teams to victory. He, he becomes the, the LeBron that we all remember because as Laker fans, we – we watch LeBron, you know, because we're NBA fans, but you don't watch him every single second of every single game of every single play. So you, but when you, when he was in Cleveland, you watched him in the playoffs and you said, Oh my God, but that guy is incredible. And you saw the highlights on sports center and you saw everything else. But now that you're watching him every day, you don't remember how good he actually is when it comes down to crunch time. And yes. And Lonzo is another guy. He, so to, to update Lonzo, he's, Four to six weeks. Four weeks is tomorrow, Saturday, the 14th, or the sorry, the 16th. That is four weeks. The, they don't play again until the 21st. You're almost at five weeks. He's right about at that time to start coming back. And with, the def, with him, the defense picks up tremendously. Yes. And LeBron is a guy that plays defense in the second half. He doesn't in the first half because he doesn't need to. So exactly. now is the time for him to do it. Yes, I think they make the playoffs. I think they squeak in. Hopefully they can get that seven seed, but most likely it's going to be either eight or seven. And if it's the eighth seed, we all know that it uh, might be the Warriors. Yep. And that would be quite the series. And, you know, every Laker fan, including myself, is hoping that the Lakers can get healthy and get them 100% healthy in the playoffs. And that would be a nice matchup to see. Greg, 100%. thank you so much, sir, for coming on today. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Um, you can check uh, Greg out at, at Greg Bergman. He's uh, at Lakers Raw as well, at Dodgers Nation. And uh, they have at a lot Bergman of good content. At, 
at Bergman Greg. Sorry about that. I I apologize. It's okay. At, at Bergman Greg on Twitter, and the guy has so much information. His his um, Lakers raw post games are some of the best content you can find if you're a Lakers fan. Greg, thank you again, and uh, have a great day, man. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. See ya. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft. We're gonna Mike has a draft that he's yeah. So I have um, it's Mike Ertaz's. Uh, 1.0 mock draft and uh, right now we're just going to do the top 10 i'm going to say what they are chase is kind of critique what he thinks um and i'm going off of what teams are needing um fits and you know that portion of it um so first we're going to start with the arizona cardinals um i really think you got to just draft the best player um he'll be a standing outside linebacker um his best attributes are to put his hand in the dirt but um, I think you take the best player in the draft. Um, you don't even think about it. Uh, you make that defense elite. And uh, Nick Bosa from Ohio State, I think he's. I think you know you could put Quinian Williams there at one. I think those two can kind of, you know, one A to one B. I think they're both the elites in this this draft. Um, you can also look at Josh Allen, um, but he's not like. He he'd be better as a standing outside linebacker than than Nick Bosa because he's been playing in it in college, um, so he kind of. But you got to go with the best talent. What do you think, Chase? Honestly, um, I mean Nick Bosa is fantastic. I think the dude is without a doubt probably the best player in this draft, as you said. I think the dude really doesn't have much of a weakness um, like besides said, injuries. Besides <laughs> injuries, but that's you know that comes with the league. Yeah. But. I mean, as far as talent goes, he's you know he's the best at his position and he's the best available. And the Cardinals definitely need uh, need one of those, especially with Chandler Jones possibly you know not being there too much longer. Yeah, and um, now in the draft, I can definitely see the Cardinals actually trading back as an option. Um, that wouldn't surprise me, especially if they go try to get an offensive tackle, um, get some picks. So around where the you know the Jags or the Giants, um, if they trade a future first, some picks. And they go out and take Jonah Williams around six or seven. I think that's an ideal situation they'd like to be in. Um, I also can see with my next pick with 49ers, I, I have them picking Josh Allen. Um, I see him as an edge slash Sam in their, you know, the, their current defense that they play. Um, I think the guy is going to go to the combine and kind of destroy it. He's going to be one of the top athletic players there. Which could which could possibly put him up atop of maybe Nick Bosa is possibly. Yeah, maybe because I don't, I don't think Nick Bosa is going to go into the combine and do what Jadavian Clowney did. And he kind of like right. killed it. I don't, I don't think Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa is very similar to his brother. They're not the most athletic, you know, but they're they they're, the they're key with... With their technique, mm-hmm. um, they're already the best. Like I feel like Nick Bosa's already a very good player in the league as of right now. Like his talents, I don't know if he's gonna get much better than how he is. Where Josh Allen has upside, he, he has a lot of upside, but his floor is not as high as Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's floor is already pretty high. You basically take a risk, a little yeah. more of a risk if you draft Josh Allen for his upside as opposed to Nick I, Bosa. Yeah, I I feel like. Um, Josh Allen comparison, unfortunately, is maybe a better version of Manny Lawson, um, where he actually got drafted with the Niners. He's not maybe the elite um, pass, you know, pass rusher, but he's really good in coverage. Um, also, um, Barr, Anthony Barr from from um, the Vikings, also good comparison, where he had very he looked completely different in college. He was a pass rusher, but when he in the NFL. 
his coverage skills yeah. are came out, and I can see that with Josh Allen, where I that's why I see him at a Sam position. And I'll, I'll just put in real quick as far as you brought up t- uh, possibly trading back for the Cardinals, a guy I think I was just telling you, and I think he will probably be around the top thirteen, top fourteen area. So if they do end up trading back. Ed Oliver would also be a good, you know, yeah, a good move. I, especially for that. in that new defense that they're they're running a three four. Um, he could be playing at D end. Um, he's a very strong player, kind of similar. I don't know if you guys can tell, I'm I'm a little big on Ed Oliver. The dude's the dude's yeah, gonna the guy, be something. The guy's very athletic, and and it's weird because coming into this year, you had Nick Bosa and Ed Oliver as the one two at potential for the top pick, and right. because of injuries and and different circumstances, he's fallen a little bit. A little bit, and not because I don't think he's going to be a good player. I think it's just like, um, like Quinion Williams came out of nowhere, really. He, he he really hasn't been able to have that star potential throughout the years. He didn't have a chance to play because he has so many. The Alabama always has great defensive line right, talent. Right. So you kind of get this one year, and he, he's elite. Um, so I think Ed Oliver is going to be outside the top ten. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Right. Um, but sticking with the 49ers... Um, they, I think if, if Nick Bosa is not there and they're not enamored with Josh Allen, I can see them for sure as a, a trade back option. Uh, I really think the Giants or, or the Jags, if they, if the Jags don't get Nick Foles or if they don't think Nick Foles is a long-term starter, I really think either the Giants or the Jags will trade up to one or two. I think there's going to be a quarterback taken there and not that I necessarily think they should be, um, but Chase we, might have a different opinion because he's he's very enamored with with Murray and I understand that, um, but I really think a quarterback is going to be taken and and I don't want to project trades because it's you, you never, never you never happen. know so yeah. we kind of this is where these mocks don't really matter because you can't project trades. Um, but moving on, do you have any last minute opinion on this for um, um, Niners? The, the only thing I will say with the Niners is Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, obviously you're not going to give up on him. He had a really freak injury, but. Who knows? I mean, we look at with Carson Wentz. Uh, he came and just was not the same player. Probably wasn't fully healthy this past couple years. Uh, yeah, I think year. it it didn't help that Nick uh, that Wentz, uh, the Wentz had an injury towards the end of the year, yeah. and so he quickly. I mean, he did miss what two games? Oh no! Oh, with I, the Eagles. I, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about this year as yeah, far as I'm, I'm talking about. Fact, I'm just saying down the line if he like doesn't yeah. run as much. Yeah, the well, you know? if you if you really understand, a good thing is with a quarterback they don't need to run necessarily, no, but I. The thing with Jimmy Garoppolo they, is they, he only has eight starts, so you can kind of see, and I, maybe not this year, but if he if he doesn't really take the next step where where you know that contract's worth, and maybe next year or the following year they should be looking at that position. No, no like I said, so, I, I definitely agree that that Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the guy in 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 San Francisco. But if, like I said, the Niners probably will draft a defensive player, they could use a few defensive players. Michael will attest to that, but. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if later on in the draft they possibly took, you know, a quarterback that maybe falls and maybe that's good value in the fourth round just to make sure they have a backup plan. Yeah, the thing is I also I would I would say we have Nick Bolins who's actually came out last year and he's not bad. He's he did not pretty bad at all. decent. Um I think he's the insurance policy this year for, for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um I think that's the reason we don't trade him. I think he has value maybe a third or a fourth for a team. Having Nick Bowles in but, the free agent market mm, helps a lot too. Yeah, I think um I think that he's the insurance policy. I think he's worth more to the Niners right now. And that's why I don't think we end up drafting a quarterback. If we do, we might pick one up as an undrafted free agent just to throw on the practice squad. Practice squad. Um, but like I said, yeah, the edge position is of huge need for the Niners. We, we, we just 
you know, we have Buckner, and he's basically our only talent. We did draft Solomon Tom, uh, Thomas a couple years ago. Um, he's now playing at who's defensive that, tackle. Who's that linebacker you guys have? Ruben Foster. We no, cut not him. Foster. Fred, no, Warner. No, Fred Warner. Fred Warner. He was a, I think, third-round pick last year, and he's, he, he's, he's, he's a stud. Really he's a very good coverage uh, linebacker. But moving on to the Jets, I have Quinnian Williams from Alabama. Um, going there, I don't necessarily think he's maybe the best option for them, but you got to get, and not saying he doesn't fit because he fits, but they have quite a lot of talent right down in the middle of the D-line. Um, and I think they probably would prefer to go for the defensive end, but I think he's the best player, and you got to take what's available, in my opinion. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think there's a defensive end worth that third pick. No. Um, and I feel like they just go with the best player, and he, he's going to be an elite player in the league. And that makes sense. Um, like I said, they drafted Sam Darnold. He's probably the future at quarterback, so they don't need a quarterback there. Um, their cor- if, if anything, maybe if there was a better corner available, like in the top 10, but I just don't think they're like you. I, think I mean, Greedy Williams would, is nice out of LSU, but I think at the three I, pick, you got to take the best player I available. think what they would like to do is actually draft an offensive lineman. Um, I just don't see one at three, so maybe that's another potential trade, trade back, back option yeah. if, the, if there's... If a quarterback doesn't go one and two, and <clears throat> team doesn't want to trade up, and, then um, you, and you got teams like, and you, like you said, in the five six range, like the Giants, who could think about yeah, trading. and also, um, also, they, I would, if they can have a number one receiver, they don't really have a bunch of number twos. I feel like McClaff would be yeah. um, another option if they trade back. Um, oh, I think that's, or they might trade into the first and try to grab one of those receivers before they start rush, rushing off. Um, I think this is not the worst. You know, spot for them to be in. I think they would like for a Josh Allen to follow them or Nick Bosa, which is going to be impossible for them to get them at three. I'm not saying that the Jets <clears> will, <throat> and but you know they may reach on maybe on a DK Metcalf or maybe it's possible. It's possible. I, I I like I, like you said. I don't think that happens. I think you got to take the best available player. And and this is a very good defensive line group. So it so it would get out of the top three, which I I personally have Nick Bosa, Quinn Williams, and then Josh Allen is just on a big board. On the best potential players, um, I think you get the top, you get the second best player in the draft at three, and you, you're pretty happy with that. Um, moving on to the Raiders, um, I think this is the worst case scenario for them. I think they would like to have one of the top three that were already taken. Um, so they take uh, basically an edge player that that they like best at this point, unless they trade back or they reach or, or they go with like a Greedy Williams. But I, I have them going Rashawn Gary from Michigan. I don't necessarily like him there. I think he's a little bit of a reach, but he has high potential. He was the number one. He was the top-rated player coming out of high school. Um, he has high potential. Um, I think there may be lazy problems, or, or um, you know, I'm not sure if he'll ever reach his potential. But if he ever does, he could end up being the best player in this entire draft. Um, you're pretty much banking on that, and maybe in those interviews you have with him, you kind of get to the level maybe he was misused right. in 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 Michigan but um I think you can you wouldn't also go wrong with going with Farrell from Clemson I was, I was just about to say I was like it would not surprise it's, me if Farrell comes yeah, and it would, up the combine it wouldn't surprise me if Farrell goes um four but I also think Gary's going to go in the combine and he's going to destroy it. he's a monster he oh, reminds no. me I of Davian Clowney uh, that's I think he has that measurables that, yeah, that yeah. you want from your defensive end I think yeah. the Raiders really you got to come away with an edge player. And even if it's not even an edge player, you go with if Quentin Williams falls to you at 4, you got to take I think you need some sort of defensive. I mean, they're the worst 
uh, you know, passing the rusher defense in the league. You got to get to the quarterback, and the best way to do it is is to draft a young and guy on a cheap contract. It. You um, traded one last year in yeah. Mack, and that, that like but, I said, whether Gruden thinks that was the best move or not, at the end of the day, they're they have. Three first round picks. They have the Bears and the Cowboys in the late whatever. They could always do that to trade up later if they want to, you know, but beef up, beef it up even more. Maybe they could, you know, take those two picks and trade up maybe in the top fifteen and maybe draft a dread um, Ed Oliver or something like that. You know, another yeah, one that's another option. If, if you could also trade out of this this area uh, if you don't like, and I'm not sure if that's. I mean, it takes two to tangle because if they're not able to trade out, but if a team wants to jump the Giants, the Jags, or even potentially the Bucks, who knows if they. If there's rumors that they actually do like, uh, you know, Murray or 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 uh, Haskins, so then you could go down. To then you're able to go, yeah. If if the Giants or the Jags feel like they need to jump, and maybe the Raiders don't take a, you know, much to trade a trade back, maybe a third, um, then you right. can do that, and maybe that's where they'll take and reach on a player. Um, but um, I think end of the day, it's kind of a tough situation to be at four. I think it's the worst case scenario for them. Um, I think they hope a quarter a team trades into the top two and. They're able to get one of those top tier talents, uh, but is there any any last minute with 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 the Raiders pick? Uh, no, you said, okay. you said a good amount on there. I like I, that. I think um, five is an interesting place because the Bucks defense is completely. They're changing to a three four, and coming from last year, they had a pretty terrible pass defense. Yes. Um, there was talent up front. Where they had JPP, and they just actually just cut Vinny Curry. Who they, they cut Vinny Curry. Vinny Curry. So the, uh, an edge player would, wouldn't be the worst-case scenario here, but I don't really see one besides Farrell. And I feel like Farrell's better as a defensive on a 4-3, but he would work as an outside linebacker. Um, so here I have them taking Greedy Williams. I think he's the best corner in the draft. Um, I've seen mocks all over the place with him, and I think he's a top-five player. I think he goes in the top ten, Potentially top five. Um, the Bucks get the best corner in the draft, um, and uh, they I think they soar up their their back end of their defense. What do you think, Chase? Um, like I said, the Bucks. I I really don't know what Jameis Winston is for that team, and and at the end of the day, I mean, I know Bruce Arians is you know gonna give him another chance and and all that, but. I think before Bruce Arians leaves, they will eventually have to take a quarterback that's the future if they don't think that uh, Jameis Winston is mm-hmm. it. But obviously, I don't think at five that you could take a Dwayne Haskins or take a Kyler Murray or take um, Drew Locke or any of those guys, you know, reach for them. you mm-hmm. got to go and get the best available player you can, and that would definitely help their defense out a lot. Yeah, I feel like this they're going to take this one year to give, uh, to give Winston one last chance. I know he is... Um, he, you know, he's not the ideal situation you want to be. I think before the end of the season, you you thought they were gonna let him go, um, but it looks like they're gonna give him one last chance. Um, I can see them drafting the quarterback here in the second, the third, or even you know just just as a potential safety. Um, but I think you gotta go the best player available right here and get yourself greedy Williams. All right. Uh, any last thing on on the bucks or are we good to move on i think we're good on all that. right yeah. so here's my one this is the one pick the giants right here i think i think regardless where they're at i think they go and kick, take quarterback do i think it's gonna be you know if it's gonna be murray or Locke or haskins i think they go haskins i feel like he's a great quarterback and fits perfectly in pat Shermer's offense i say they definitely probably go with a quarterback more like a dwayne haskins or a drew Locke as opposed to a mobile quarterback yeah like Kyler murray, I and it, I, to be honest with you murray wouldn't be the worst they have a lot of talent there no yeah he you, you had kyler murray to saquon barkley and odell Beckham. i think that, that and really i'm a cowboys fan and that scares me 
Uh, and uh, I think I think the Giants end up trading trading up and drafting Dwayne Haskins in the top two. Um, but I don't do project trades, so um, I'm projecting them at six to draft Dwayne Haskins. I think he's the best quarterback in this draft, and it's not because I think he's the best. Uh, you know, I, I think he's being overdrafted just because it's a weak quarterback draft. I think outside the top 15 is where he should go. Um, I feel like a top five, a top 10 pick for him is you're projecting him to be, um, you know, a, a player that can take you over the top, that can instantly rebrand yourself. I don't know if he's an instant starter. He has one year um, coming, you know, playing I would, in college. I would, I would. I'd probably sit him down maybe half a season behind Eli um, if that's the, and, and taking it slow. And maybe that's the luxury the Giants do have. Um, if you're not if you're not in a need to win now, maybe you you allow him to sit with behind Eli, and you know make sure you got an offensive line that can protect Haskins and let Eli get killed. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> let what happened with David Carr to happen to Dwayne Haskins. But, that would not be. Fair. Um, another option here is if the Giants, for whatever reason, decide not to um, draft an offensive tackle. I mean, sorry, a quarterback is is to draft offensive tackle. So I think. Um, Jonah Williams could soldier. Be so well, I think Jonah Williams can play guard. I think he can play offensive tackle. I think the my concern maybe be his arms arm length. We'll see here in the combine. He reminds me of Brian Balaga, very similar short arms. Who's the guy that Colts drafted that, that was a Costanza? Costanza, that dude was yeah. That dude's huge. Uh, but I think that the Giants should go quarterback and they should shore up the offensive line in the second. They did, they did draft Will Hernandez last year in the second, and he's looked outstanding. Um, I think maybe a center, another guard, and an off, another offensive tackle, and then you got to look at your left tackle. And Nate Soldier did not play good last season, and he no, has he this big contract. Garbage. He has this huge contract, so you're stuck with him at least one more season. Hopefully he comes out better this season. Um, and I think if you draft Haskins... And you provide him with all the talent you have around him. I think he can, he can be a good quarterback, a top fifteen, top ten quarterback. I don't know necessarily he's ever going to be the best in the league, um, and that's his ceilings. I feel like is a lot, is not as high as let's say Murray, but he, he's not a bad choice for the Giants. Um, any last words? Um, I'm just going to say as a as a Cowboys fan. I mean the Giants obviously do have issues. But they do have a lot of talent on that team, and if you get a quarterback like a Dwayne Haskins, and if they and if they start him from day one, they could if they could screw up that offensive line, they could uh, give the Cowboys a run for their money in the division next year. Okay, so moving on to seven, we have the Jaguars, um, and here is the first surprise probably for most of you. I have them taking DK Metcalf, wide um, receiver from Ole Miss, and this is not necessarily where I think they should stick with not drafting a quarterback. I think they really gonna they're gonna sign Nick Foles, and I expect them to not draft a quarterback in the first, and and think of him as your long term starter. Um, he, he shows up on the playoffs. I'm not necessarily sure he he hasn't played good during the season, so we'll see how that works out. But at the end of the day, you got if you're gonna bring Foles and you're gonna give him you know 25 million a year, I'm not sure how much they're gonna pay him, but you gotta get him some weapons and um, lead towards ACL last year. And so they were kind of they're running with a bunch of scrubs at, at receiver. So I think you go and get yourself a big, strong, huge receiver, um, and uh, he could potentially be very similar to maybe like a Des Bryant or to that type of um, receiver. And and I don't think it's a bad idea. He's got um, he's definitely got good size on. Yeah, him. and I think here's your first question: is where Murray would go or or Locke? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Murray went here. 
Um, especially if you do get Foles and you don't think of him maybe as your long term, then you get uh, you get Murray and you let him kind of. And you could all and you could always draft Kyler Murray as well as sign Nick Foles and then have yeah. Kyler I mean, a couple years behind Nick Foles. I don't think it's it's bad. I think the Eagles did that a couple years ago when they had Sam Bradford and yeah. then they drafted Carson Wentz and they yeah. even had um an uh another quarterback who was the middle. And Carson Wentz was the third, and when they came in, Carson Wentz, by the end of the training camp, he was the best quarterback there, and you traded Sam... Sam Wasn't it? It was Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels. That's what I'm trying to think of. Um, or even, like, um, with the Jets. They had McCown, they had Teddy Bridgewater, and yeah. they drafted Sam Darnold. So I think the best option is to give the best players in your at the quarterback position, and if for every reason it doesn't work with Foles and Murray gets... You know, Wins ends up job. with a quarterback yeah. job, then you could trade Foles. Exactly. But I really don't think they're going to draft. I think um, going with Bortles, I feel like they're in a win now situation. Yes. And I think that's why they're going to try to provide the best option for Foles to succeed. And that's to provide him a number one receiver. Um, but moving on to the Detroit Lions, I think they're going to let Ziggy Nzanya uh, go as a, a free Ziggy agent. Answer. Yeah. And I think, and then I think they should. I don't think he's worth the money. He is injured. Um, he's thirty years old. Um, don't provide him that incentive of of staying. And I think you go out and you get your best defensive player um, at the edge position, and that's Khal- uh, Farrell, Khalil, Khal- Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell, Colleen Khal- Farrell. Khal- Farrell from Clemson. Um, I think he can go anywhere up to the top five. Up and um, I think anywhere in the in the top 10. I think he he's very talented. You saw him in the bowl game, and he was a monster. Yes. At, and so I think that's a good spot for them. Um, you could also see maybe uh, a tight end here, which I would prefer them not to. Um, I know they have a need there. But at the past 10 years, they've drafted two tight ends in the first round. They've well, been bust. The Lions just got rid of Glover Queen, too. Yeah, and so safety might be another option. So Maybe they trade up and maybe... Think, I, I don't know if you think Greedy Williams could maybe transfer to safety, um, but maybe they could trade up and, you know... I don't know if you want to do that. I don't you think could, that's maybe it's a... I don't a, think you would either. I think you leave him where he plays and, and be successful, but I I'm think... I'm just trying to play devil's advocate yeah, here. Yeah, I think Farrell's the best player, um, so you take him at, at, at eight. Um, so moving to nine, which is more interesting because there's the Bills have a lot of needs on offense. And you got Josh Allen as your quarterback now, so and, you should probably shore up that offensive yeah, line. Yeah, and also I can definitely see Ed Oliver going here, but I decided to go with Jonah Williams from Alabama. Um, like I said, you can play guard. Maybe that be, ends up being his, his position in the NFL. Maybe he ends up being an elite guard because he he, he's very talented. Um, but he can play guard or tackle in the NFL. Um, get, you know, you don't want your quarterback to be running for his life all day long. That's why he, he had so many yards last year in Josh Allen, <coughs> but, uh, get shore, shore up that offensive line. Um, potentially look at maybe a receiver. Um, he needs some weapons and you could also look at, um, a running back here, but I feel like it's a little early. Yeah. There's no Saquon Barkley's or Nick Chubb's in yeah. this draft. So, um, that's it. Do you have any other... Um, for the Lions, uh, or are we talking? Oh, Bills. We're, sorry, we already skipped the Lions. Um, for the Bills, like I said, Josh Allen is a starter there, uh, so you don't got to worry about quarterback. Uh, as far as running back goes, LeSean McCoy may be there for a bit longer, but I don't. I maybe at some point they need to get a running back, but I don't think they would. And maybe they the do. If they do, they really need to early in the second or third. So but, I mean, they could go receiver. They could maybe mm-hmm. take a. Um, um, McKill uh, or uh, Harry. actually a guy I'm high on is Riley Ridley but I mean I don't think he would go that high no, but that's a guy early. but that's a guy they could take later they on. could also look at if 
if uh, from Oklahoma, your boy Hollywood. Oh yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood uh, Brown uh, would be a good pick for them too. He I don't necessarily think Tyree he. Kill light. I don't think he should be a first rounder. He's probably gonna go in the first round. He'll probably go to the combine and run somewhere close to a uh, you know four two nine four third a uh, four three, and that'll probably raise his stock. Um, I don't. I think his size is a little too small for for you know to stay healthy. He's there was rumors he's about one sixty. Hopefully he shows up the combine like one seventy five one eighty. Um, so we'll see how, how he ends up coming out. But, um, yeah, get your quarterback standing up still and don't let him die. Um, and so this will be my last pick of this mock. We'll go through the rest of the mock um, next week on a uh, middle of the week. Um, but the last one's the Denver Broncos. And this one I struggled with because they did trade for Joe Flacco. What the hell were they thinking? And I think their biggest need is quarterback is still with Flacco. So you got to go get your quarterback in Drew Locke. And he, he kind of fits the mold of what, you know, what that John Elway likes is a really big, strong quarterback. Um, and so I think Drew Locke's the pick here at 10. So they end up doing the Eagles and the Buffalo or the, the New York Jets situation from last year and end up having really three guys that any one of them can start. And yeah, I, well, I think Case Keenum ends up getting traded or cut here. And most likely, I would think so. Um, you know, a team will take them even with that contract. Uh, but yeah, I think Drew Locke's the pick here. I don't like it because I don't think he should be in the top 10. Um, I think he should be at the back end of the draft. I don't see him as a long-term starter. Um, I think they're going to continue to have issues. Uh, but, you know, John Wildway is going to do what he wants. So yeah, even if that gets him fired eventually. So I, I it'll be interesting to see what happens. And if you have any comments or, or any comments, uh, questions on the mock um, message us at amateur fan pod on twitter at amateur fan pod on instagram you can dm us you can comment in section of one of the videos or you could also uh email us at amateur fan pod at gmail.com this is 1.0 we will uh, keep updating it after the combine um like i said next week we'll finish up the end of this mock uh we'll provide you with that right before the the combine happens and then after the combine we'll do 2.0 and yes, then Chase sir. will be providing his mock as well, um, which we'll will be see a, how that goes. it'll go very interesting. I'm sure we'll see uh, 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 his favorite I, quarterback I can, go I can out really tell you early. Kyler Murray will be uh, up there in the top five without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, have a good day. Um, we will be posting this mock on Instagrams and and Twitter so that you can see it and you can comment, you can interact with us. We love interactions. All right, have a good day. And uh, quick shout out to Carson Frakes. Thank you, sir, for listening and being a loyal listener this early on in the process. We really appreciate you. Have a good one.